PDF, PDA, 411, FTP, VPN, SMS, POP3. <sighs> Stop and reboot. Need help maneuvering the technology jungle? Listen to the experts. Adriana Linares and Debbie Foster guide you through real tips for your law practice. It's Legal 3.0, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Legal 3.0. I'm Adriana Linares, and I'm down in Orlando, Florida. And I'm Debbie Foster in Tampa. Welcome to the second edition of Legal 3.0. If you missed the first edition of Legal 3.0, we discuss practice management software. You can download that podcast at thelegaltalknetwork.com. You can check out also some of the other great podcasts on Legal Talk Network. One of our favorites is the Kennedy Mile Report. And I think if you give that one a listen, you'll find that they've got a lot of really great information on their podcasts. We also want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Software Technologies. STI has been developing technology solutions for the legal market since 1979, and their award-winning software programs, Tabs 3 and Practice Master, are two of the most widely used programs in small and mid-sized law firms today. You can learn more about them at www.tabs3.com. So today's the first part of a two-part podcast that Debbie and I decided to do on email management because it really is probably one of the most sought-after sessions that we do or advice columns or just general information. Attorneys are really dying to figure out better ways to manage their email. Of course, everybody thinks they do it the best. I think I manage my email way better than Debbie could ever manage her email, and she thinks she has a perfect system. So what we're going to do is try and give you some of the best tips and advice that we can as far as as, as managing your email. So um, having said that, we're going to start with talking about your email address itself. Uh, Deb, start. Tell them about my biggest fear in the world when I talk to an attorney and their email address. Yeah, that would be when you say, and let me get your email address from you. And we sit there and we literally cringe. Our eyes are mostly closed and we have that cringing look on our faces because we're sure they're about to say greatest lawyer ever at AOL.com, <laughs> which at which point we have to really stand very close to each other so we can kick each other and poke each other when if we get a little too insulting about them using those email addresses. It's one of those things where this day and age, there's just no reason for a professional at, in any industry, but you know, in ours specifically is what we're talking about today, that's using an AOL, a Yahoo, or a Hotmail, or a Prodigy account. If you're listening to this podcast and you are using a Prodigy.net email address, we really are glad that we can't see you. <laughs> should, should really be ashamed. There are great, um, other great choices for you, and it's very easy to get your own email address. We're going to talk about that for a minute. But I will say that I will give leniency to Gmail accounts and a .Mac account. Very, very small, but there's still no reason why from a professional perspective, you shouldn't be using a custom domain name that describes the name of your firm or is at least your name. Right, Debbie? Absolutely. And let's, let's give them a reason why. Because some of you have said to us before, and many people that we've talked to have said, well, what's wrong with that? Why can't I use it? 
And for me, being someone who I think pretty efficiently uses technology, although we all have room for improvement, people think that Adriana and I are the most proficient technology users and we do everything exactly right in the fastest way possible. And the reality is we wish we did. We don't do it all fantastic and, and the best way possible, but we're pretty darn close to that. But one of the big we probably reasons- We do it better than you. Probably better, yeah. Probably better. But one of the big <laughs> reasons is when I see that, I think there's no way this person efficiently uses technology if they're using AOL for their email address. And my translation as a professional is, it's probably going to cost me more money to do business with this lawyer who does not efficiently use technology. And even if you think that not very many people would think that, if even one person thinks that, that's one client that you're not going to get simply because you have an email address that screams out, I've had this since 1984. And on top of that, I think that this day and age, being as competitive as as the world is, and as much as we all need the help that we can get, it really shows your commitment to using technology to better serve your clients and to run your business when you're using something as simple as an email address that is customized to your firm. I always have this joke about Alan Greenspan. What if Alan Greenspan's email address was aglovesmoney at hotmail.com? Seriously, think about that. If Alan Greenspan handed you his business card and that was the email address you were going to use to email the guy, immediately your image of him would change. So having given our tough love about why you've got to start transitioning away from these email addresses, let's tell them how they can actually get their own email address. Okay. So let's start out with what might seem to be a daunting task that's really actually very simple. And we have before done this in a technology session, in an email management session, where we go to one of the 7 million um, registrars. One of them, let's just use GoDaddy as an example. I think GoDaddy's a very easy to use interface and it's very inexpensive, but you really could use network solutions, GoDaddy, one-to-one. There's lots and lots and lots of them out there, but let's say you used GoDaddy. For us to go to GoDaddy, search for your domain name, which by the way, if you haven't gotten your domain name yet, the domain name best bestlawfirm.com is already taken. So you're not going to get anything really crafty and clever like that. But if you find some variation of your name, just remember when you're picking your domain name that you're likely going to have to spell it to people over and over and over again. So be careful about where you use a hyphen or even if you use a hyphen and find a domain name that's going to work for you. And you can do that right on the front page of any one of those domain registrars. Once you've done that, you Tell it that you want to buy it. It's going to be less than $10 if you want to just make a short-term commitment of one year, but we think you'd be crazy not to buy it for at least 10 years. Since you're going to really use that as your primary email address, it would be important that you make sure you own it and you also make sure that you don't risk not renewing it in one year. So buy it for an extended period of time. And it's practically a wizard that walks you through getting the domain and setting up your email address. Now, it's going to ask you to create an account whether it's GoDaddy or Network Solutions, but I like GoDaddy too. So you're going to start by going to www.godaddy.com. If you're on your computer, do it right this second. There's going to be a little place there where it says search for domain. So you're going to put in Linaris Law Firm. And if it's available, like Debbie said, this wizard's going to walk you through buying it and setting up an account. Now, the good thing is now you're going to have an account set up on GoDaddy. And anytime you think of any other domain name that might be good as far as marketing, and this is not, we won't, talk about that too much right now, but let's say 
you wonder if orlandoestateplanninglawyer.com is available. Once you've created that account and then you have this you know, brilliant idea for a domain name that might be something you want to own and have as an asset and also point to your website, then it's very easy to hop on and, and grab those, those domain names. So that's a whole different discussion. But the point is you set up the account and you get your domain name that you want or something similar. And I couldn't agree more with Debbie about making sure that you pick a domain name that is easy to spell, um, especially if your last name is something like Roethlisberger. Nobody knows how to spell that. Thank God for Google's search and how it helps you. Did you mean? And it spells it out for you. So if you have a difficult name or set of names or combinations of names, or you always use the word and instead of the ampersand, which you cannot use in a .com, by the way, then think of a creative way to just use initials or or something else, but make it easy so that if you have to say it somebody and you're not in a position where you can hand them a card, they're going to either remember that it's your first name at yourlawfirm.com. You want to make it memorable and easy for people. So having said just real quick about how to get your domain name and an email address. I'm a big, big proponent of having at least, and we're going to start slow with you guys, two email addresses. Debbie? Yes. What do you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> see, this is where we have this little this little uh, variance in how we believe that you should do things. I only have one email address. My one email address seems we've kind of gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on how many email addresses should people have. So I've agreed that it probably makes sense for all of you out there to have two email addresses and not just one. I do have one, and I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who have one. And the ones of you out there who have one, hopefully, are the people who have your own small law firm that you own, and no one can take that email address away from you, which is precisely why I only have one. My Debbie at InTouchLegal.com is going to be my email address until I I, I don't know, stop doing this or do something else or somebody comes and gives me $26 million and buys my company or whatever might happen. Um, but for those of you who work for a large law firm, if that is your only email address, that's crazy. You really need to have your own that you own and that you have control over. So two email addresses is what we've kind of settled on is the the best case scenario. And some of you may decide you want to have more email addresses. I think Adriana has 36 email addresses. Is that right? That's how many you have? I'm at the, yeah, that's why Debbie and I go back and forth on this because she has one and I have tens of them. It's ridiculous, (laughs) but that's how I operate. So we agree that if you're just trying to figure out what to do and con- gain control of your email, start with two. One which you keep strictly for work, business-related and everything else. And then the other, well, business-related, work-related, client, matter, court-related. Then the other email address is for everything else. That's friends, family, travel confirmations, your Amazon account, your um Southwest account, everything else that isn't work and business related goes to your other email address. And and I think that there, you know, there really are some good things about having a second email address. So I, I'm not going to poo-poo the idea altogether. For me, though, I uh, Adriana talks about how she has one email address going to her phone, but 
not her other email addresses don't go to her phone. I kind of like that I have all of my email coming to my phone no matter what account it is. And you could do that on a phone too. Adriana has just chosen not to because she knows what email is important for her to get on the road. And those are the kinds of things that you have to think through before you go through this. And one other thing about the, um, you know, tell you that I, I have only one email address. I want to make sure that everybody understands that even though I do only have one email address, my email, Debbie at InTouchLegal.com, is the same email address is dfoster at intouchlegal.com and debbiefoster at intouchlegal.com and a previous email address I had before we changed our domain name, debbie at intouchbc.com. So it's possible for you to have, those are called aliases. It's possible for you to have aliases. So if you do have that last name, what was that last name again? Ruthenberger? Yes. (laughs) Something like that. If that's your email address, you could have every way that someone misspells that email address as your actual email address so it gets to you. So there there are options as far as if you just wanted to have one but you wanted to make sure it would get to you whether it was first name or first initial last name, you can do that as well. So that's something you need to think through as you go through the process of how am I going to redefine my email addresses? Because you only want to do this one time for sure and one time only. I agree. One time and it's all it takes. And when we get back from our break here in just a moment, we're going to talk about how to transition from having gone through and having had only one email address your your whole email life and adding a second one and sort of shifting emails around. And we'll talk about spam. But right now we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, Tabs 3. For the past five years, Tabs 3 and Practice Master Software has been the most award-winning suite of legal billing and practice management products in the U.S. Nine out of ten clients recommend Tabs 3 and Practice Master to other firms, and our clients have 95% satisfaction with our customer support. If your firm needs reliable billing or practice management software, your decision is obvious. For a free trial or to learn more, visit tabs3.com podcast or email podcast at tabs3.com. Welcome back to Legal 3.0. I'm Debbie Foster here with my co-host, Adriana Linares. Thanks, Debbie. So we were talking about, um, before the break, why it's a good idea to have more than one email address. And honestly, I could go on about this all day long, but we hope we've made a case and made you think about it. Basically, it comes down to if you have too much email coming in, you need to figure out a way to separate it. So once you've, let's say you've, you've had a Yahoo email address this whole time and you go out today and you buy LinarisLawFirm.com or LawTechPartners.com, which is mine. So now I want to be Adriana at LawTechPartners.com and A. Linares at LawTechPartners.com. When you buy those domain names, just by virtue of the fact that you've bought the domain name through GoDaddy, and I'm not sure, I think Network Solutions works the same way, and any of the, the name registrars that you pick are going to be fine. We, and we aren't necessarily endorsing GoDaddy and Network Solutions, we're just telling you that we know those work because we've used them. So I went to GoDaddy and I bought LawTechPartners.com. When you buy that domain name or multiple domain names, you already get with it the ability to set up multiple email addresses along that domain name. So as soon as I bought LawTechPartners.com, I could create Adriana at, a Linares at, Training at, and all the others that I need. Then the trick comes down to figuring out how to get emails that are coming in to your Yahoo account 
from clients transitioned over to your new email address. And I think this is where something like Outlook really, really comes in handy. And if you haven't um, gotten into Outlook, then that this is another thing you need to do. And this is one of the things Debbie was talking about in the beginning. But if you're using an AOL email address, you're probably not using it very efficiently. Okay, so you've got a couple of different options when you're transitioning to a new email account. One option, which many people take because it seems to be the easy way out and it causes the least amount of delay, is just simply having your email forwarded from the account that you've been using for 10 years to your new account and having an auto reply set up saying, my email address has changed, here's what my new email address is. But if you do that, that means that every single person who sends you email, including people who send you spam, which my guess is that you get a reasonable amount of spam, are also going to get that, yes, I exist, I'm alive, and I'll go ahead and log your new email account so I can send you spam to that address. So you might not want to do that. What you might want to do is go ahead and have it forwarded for a short period of time so you can manage it in your new way, which may be Outlook. You may get Outlook and you may decide this is where all my email is going to come and I'm going to take an efficient approach to handling my email from within Outlook and using all of the tools that Outlook has available to help you with that, in which case you would get those emails forwarded to you and then you could selectively respond to the people that you want to have your new email address and say, hey, got your email, here's the answer to your question and FYI, I've changed my email account if you could update your address book. And that gives you a little bit of a controlled way to get the message out that you've changed your email address, but only to the people who you want that message sent out to. Yeah, I think that's the best advice we can give you because what happens is you just get this new email address and you want to start using it. But in a, in a program like Outlook, and I'm sure um, some of the other email programs are, are probably very similar, you can, of course, set up multiple email addresses. I can even do this on my iPhone. I have three email addresses that come to my iPhone. If Debbie sends something to me, to Aileneris at lawtechpartners.com, and I want to forward it to my mom, for example, but I don't want my mom ever emailing me at my business address. It's it's a very strange thing. I get very annoyed with her when she uses my lawtechpartners.com account. So what I do to discourage her from doing that is if somebody sends me something or like I just said, if Debbie sends me an email and I want to forward it to my mom, when I send it to my mom, I change the send from account to be my Gmail account, which is what I use for friends and family. So that when she replies with her usual, ha ha, I know that's so funny, it's going and it's being filtered into my Gmail account and I can deal with it when I want instead of the middle of the business day. So in Outlook, when you go to create a new mail message and you've set up your multiple emails in there, there's actually a button that allows you to switch between which account? Do you want to send from your Gmail account? Do I want to send from Aileneris at LaTeX Partners? Or do I want to send from training at LaTechPartners.com? And that's how it's going to take you a couple months to sort of start pushing people into the right account. But like Debbie said, you just put a note that says, by the way, please update your records. I've updated my email address and it is so-and-so. Let's, let's actually take one second to just talk about the whole getting your email on your phone. Um, if you've thought about getting your email on your phone and you've pulled out your nice little razor flip phone and you thought how nice it would be to get your email on that razor flip phone, you probably don't want to do that. Um, 
I would suggest that you do some research on smartphones and you actually could go listen. One of the podcasts I mentioned earlier, the Kennedy Mile Report, they have a great podcast on lawyers and smartphones talking about the different kinds of smartphones that are available. Uh, They have differing opinions on BlackBerry versus iPhones and Windows mobile devices. So it's a a great podcast to listen to. But just know that if you're really going to get email on your phone, it needs to be a smartphone, not on an email enabled phone, which you could get your email on a razor, but you would never want to actually use email on a razor phone. And in, and if you did, let's say that was your only choice, then let me tell you, you are going to be so grateful that you've got two separate email addresses <laughs> and all of the junk and crap throughout the day is not coming to your little flip phone. So um, there's definitely, I, I, I couldn't agree with Debbie Moore. You should certainly at this point, if you're a busy professional, have a smartphone. Right. Now, Um, Speaking of all of that email that comes flooding into your inbox, spam is something that we want to just briefly address. We could do a whole session on spam, but my favorite question to ask Adriana is, Adriana, how much spam do you get? Zero. I'm not kidding. I, I get zero spam. And here's why. Since the beginning of time, and I don't know why I did this, but I was in my mid-20s and I had a job at a law firm and I knew, I knew I was not going to be at that law firm forever. I always had two separate email addresses. I had, at that time, it was an AOL email address and then my work one. And I protected that work email address like it was my social security number. And I just didn't use it for everything and I didn't hand it out. As a matter of fact, I even had two separate business cards. One was on white stock paper and the other was on cream. And when I would go to conferences or be at networking events and somebody asked me for my email address or I had to drop a card in the bowl, I always went for the cream colored business card because that one had info at and then the name of the law firm instead of my, or it had help desk or, you know, some other IT related because I cannot stand. If I get one spam email in my inbox, I go ballistic and I don't. And the reason is because I've always used my business email for business related stuff and I've protected that email address like my social security number. Now, if you haven't always done that, and there's a good chance that you haven't always done that, you need But you some... have a chance now because you're going to transition to <laughs> right, two email addresses. Right. You do addresses. have a chance now. If you're, if you're changing to a new one, you do have a chance now. But Let's the reality them, is... No, I, and I'm definitely encouraging that. But the reality is you're probably going to get a spam message because not everyone is going to be as... Uh, I don't want to use the word anal, but that's the best one I can think of about making sure that when you're filling out that web form, you never, ever, 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 ever use that email address the protected one. So you're likely Which going just to said 8 million times over the internet. And now everybody's going to know it. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. Exactly. Let's publish this ruined... podcast now. Spam, spam. Yeah. I'm going to go I sign you up at every website. I can of think work. Of. <laughs> okay. So anyway, what you need to know is that there are lots of applications out there that will help you with spam filtering. So let's start with the very beginning. We just talked about going to GoDaddy or Network Solutions or one of those domain registrars and setting up your email there. That does not require you to have what I'm sure you've heard of is called an exchange server. An exchange server is a mail server that most often sits in your office and it gets the mail and it does do some spam filtering and then it sends the mail to you. The spam filtering on an exchange server, though, is nothing to write home about. I would not be crazy excited about it because it's not going to solve any... If you have a spam problem, that is not going to solve it. So let's say you don't have that exchange server and you're just going to use the service provided by Network Solutions or GoDaddy or whoever you register with. 
They will, if you're using one of the large domain registrars, have a spam solution that's built in at their server so it doesn't come into your inbox. But you still will likely have control of how strict you want it to be. And also the big key is being able to see your quarantined messages if you feel like someone was supposed to send you something and you haven't gotten it, to be able to go back and look and see if it got corralled into a junk mail folder. So you will have that with a third-party hosted mail solution like GoDaddy Network Solutions, something like that. But we should mention too uh, that even the free ones like mm-hmm. Yahoo and Gmail have automatic built-in spam filtering. But like Debbie said, you just have to go in and make sure that it's either turned on if it's not or that the um, the level at which it tries to, to determine what is and isn't spam is set at the right level. It, it might start off at low and you might set it to medium for a while and see if that helps control some of that spam. And I, I will say that every once in a while I do get a, a spam email or two, but GoDaddy does catch it, in which case I have to go out and, and take a look if I am expecting something. So um, I, sometimes I get one or two a week, maybe. I'm surprised you don't call me when that happens. <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay, we digress. Okay, so... Um, So controlling spam, but there also are some third-party solutions if you want to even get more spam control. One of the ones that has been around for a really long time, and some of um, our clients use it, and they actually really like it, is called IHateSpam.com. That program's called IHateSpam, but you can find it at IHateSpam.com. And that one does a great job of going through email as it comes into your inbox and moving it into spam if it meets a certain criteria, and you have full control over that criteria, how do you want it to be? Um, if you do a search for anti-spam software, you'll find hundreds of them. Some of them are free. Some of them cost money. I usually go with the you get what you pay for on that kind of stuff. Um, if it was free and it was the best one out there, there wouldn't be any paid. So just be careful about the free ones. And then the last thing I just wanted to mention is... I just talked a little bit about hosting your own email, having an exchange server in-house. Some of you may think that you really want to do that or you're in love with the BlackBerry solution, but you just can't imagine spending a large amount of money to get an exchange server in your office and also install BlackBerry Professional or a BlackBerry Enterprise server. And I'm not going to go into details on this, but I just want you to know that if you're one of those people who really want to have that over-the-air synchronization, but you don't want to buy the hardware in your own office, if you do a Google search for hosted exchange, there are lots of great providers out there that will actually give you a little sliver of their exchange server, along with all of the features and benefits of a BlackBerry or even ActiveSync Windows Mobile Sync, and also the spam filtering solution. And yes, you can use your own email address in that kind of environment as well. So it's a great solution, something that's, I wouldn't say it's brand new to the market. It's been around a while, but it's starting to be much more widely adopted. It's definitely a a reasonable choice financially and the way so many services are moving to being hosted. And I I know you've all, you all keep hearing about software as a service. If it's something that you think you can, can be comfortable with, you should definitely check it out, especially if you're a solo or a small and you don't want to incur the costs and the overhead of exchange servers and all this stuff. It's a great idea. Why don't we do a little summarization here? We're running out of time. Let's wrap it up and just make sure that we give people a couple of bullet point. Here's what you need to do from here. 
Okay, let's start with, you need to stop using a Yahoo, AOL, Earthlink, or any other big company that's been around a long time and we all know it's free email address. (laughs) That's number one. You need to get your own email address, which is customized to your firm or the type of practice or anything that just says, this is mine and I own it because it's so inexpensive. There's no excuse for not having it. And we suggest GoDaddy.com for that. Perfect. And then after that, we need you to stop and think through who you're going to give what email address to. Think of the strategy that Adriana proposed earlier about having one for your clients and your work-related items and one for buying stuff on the internet, travel, all of those other things. Get that other, my suggestion would be that you stop using the account you've been using for 10 years altogether and you go get a Gmail account or a Yahoo account or a Hotmail, whatever one you want. I think Gmail is the best of all of those. But don't let yourself keep using your AOL email address because it'll just be too easy to keep on using it. It's kind of like when we switch people from WordPerfect to Word. Most times we have to take WordPerfect away. Otherwise, the path of least resistance always, always wins. So get yourself a new Gmail, Hotmail, some other free account for all of the other kinds of email that you're going to collect, like your travel confirmation, signing up to buy things. And so you'll have those two email addresses and just kind of think through how you're going to use those two email addresses. And from there, you're going to set up your business email at least in Outlook. So you can manage it with all of the the features that Outlook has to offer if you hope provided that you own Outlook. Any of you who don't own Outlook and you have Outlook Express or Windows Mail, which is the new version of Outlook Express, they're still great mail clients, but they're not going to help you do some of the things that we're going to talk about in our next uh, uh, part two of this email management series where we're going to talk about how great Outlook is for managing your mail, but it's better than using AOL. So that's kind of the middle of the road solution, but we would prefer that you go down the road of using Outlook. So you're going to set all of, uh, all of that up in Outlook and you're going to start managing your email that way and start transitioning your clients and other important contacts to that new email address and starting to change all of your accounts like Amazon.com, Southwest, all the places where you have accounts from that old AOL or whatever, Prodigy.net email address to your new email address that you're going to use for all of your non-work, non-client related emails. Or really, you could keep those email addresses, your old one. You can always keep it if you don't want to set up a second new one for that kind of stuff too. I mean, it really is up to you. But We're excited about our next podcast where we're going to talk to you about Outlook. We love Outlook. I live and die by Outlook. And um, we'll give you some tips and tricks and we'll certainly walk you through setting up your account, which is very, very easy. Once you know how to set up your email account and something like Outlook, it's four pieces of information that you need and you'll be able to apply that knowledge towards setting up any phone, any computer, any laptop and any email program. So we'll talk about that as well as practice management and software integration. Um, we're going to talk about dealing and filtering with mail as it comes in and out and rules and alerts and subfolders and, and how to deal with PSTs and archives and all that mumbo jumbo that you hear about all the time. We hope that we'll be able to teach you some new tricks and get you excited about using Outlook and email better and not get so frustrated by all the crap email that we're sure you all get all day long. Great. Okay. Well, we're out of time. Thank you for listening to the second edition of Legal 3.0 and a special thank you to STI, the makers of Tabs 3 and Practice Master. Don't forget to visit their website at www.tabs3.com. So we hope you join us for the next Legal 3.0. We hope you all have a great week and that the weather is wonderful wherever you are.
Thanks for listening to Legal 3.0. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Subscribe to all of our podcasts free at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. And check out Adriana Linares' website at LawTechPartners.com and Debbie Foster's site at InTouchLegal.com.